right. It's been another week. This is WVLP 103.1 FM. This is Porter County Buzz. It's a unique week because this is now two weeks in a row that uh, this other guy on the other line uh, somewhere north <laughs> of us, uh, Andy Bozek, is, is on the show again. So uh, we welcome him back again. <laughs> there he is. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> Glad to be back. Get a little break from baseball. Actually, we just finished baseball. We finished our all-star practice about 20 minutes ago. Oh, okay. All right. I hope you practice some bunts and some... You know, we do. Okay. And actually, this is the first practice in probably two years that I've actually had to get out there on the field and, and work, and I'm sweating. <laughs> well, it must be embarrassing that uh, the kids outplayed you, right? Oh my gosh, I was like the weak spot in the field. They're like, hit it to Coach Andy. We'll, we'll get a hit every time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that goes because I was on the other end of that when I was coaching. But, you know, I, 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 can, identify, I, I can, can identify, but I can, uh, I'll appreciate your, uh, your lack of uh, athletic ability. No problem. <laughs> it's right. not a lack of athletic ability. <laughs> it's lack of being in shape and all the beer. <laughs> all right. Anyway. Oh, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. And, and, our, and our host is looking like, what the heck did I just get myself into? What are these guys talking about? Uh, and, uh, and by the way, I'm Greg Sims. And um, we have a surveyor, the Porter County elected surveyor with us today, Kevin Breitsky. And... Uh, I've, I've known, I don't know if you knew this, Andy, but I've known Kevin since, I'd say, 1991. Yeah, at least. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I was his next-door neighbor for about five years or so. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Small world. Yeah. He Let's lived see, in 91, I was nine. Yeah. I was nine years old. <laughs> uh, he lived in a mansion, and I lived in a little shack off to the side. You know, I think it was the old carriage house of his residence. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> At least that's how I remember it, but, you know, I could be wrong. <laughs> You're a great neighbor. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm not sure. He is always smiling. Greg's always smiling. He's easy to be around. <laughs> oh, my God. But uh, <clears throat> anyways, so, Kevin, what exactly does a surveyor, a Porter County elected surveyor do? Okay, the uh, political office, the surveyor, does a number of things related to the United States public land survey system and protecting and uh, perpetuating our section corner system. Thomas Jefferson devised an ingenious system to help us uh, sell off the country and develop back in 1785, the ordinance of 1785. And Historically, we've needed people who have the technical expertise and the education to protect and preserve these monuments because they affect what is typically the most valuable thing in our lifetimes, our real estate. Hmm. So that's one of the things we take care of. We take care of a number of mapping issues as well. We assist the uh, county offices with uh, uh, issues with perpetuating their maps. I've done maps for the drainage systems of the county, the watersheds, the street maps, uh, maps of cemeteries. You can go to our website and we're hmm. very robust. Why would we need a map of a cemetery? The trustees actually approached me years ago and we didn't have a complete a picture of where all the cemeteries were. Uh, the Daughters of the American Revolution actually put together a pretty good spreadsheet and it was at the Porter County Library. So uh, I put together the map uh, at their request and also the librarian in the genealogy department hmm. uh, needed something so it could point to our visitors or our former citizens and tell them that's where your family is buried if you want to go visit them. Huh. Wait, so it's mapped, It's not just mapping, hey, here's Chesterton Cemetery. You actually went in there and, and mapped the grave sites so people know where their relatives are buried? No, we didn't have to do that, but we did locate the cemeteries. And in some oh. cases, the cemeteries, because they're so old, the trustees had to become the responsible party for taking care of them. Once a cemetery no longer has any known ownership, 
we need to uh, protect and preserve those grave sites. So we, we mapped those out. And for example, uh, a couple years ago, after some discussion with Jackson Township trustee, uh, I found uh, what was called the Lansing Cemetery on the south side of Highway 6 by oh, using wow. some old road plans that I had in my office and literally kind of walked around, probed a little bit, and started to find some headstones. That's huh. when we called oh the state historian in. Wow. And they've got their own preservation effort. Huh. So can you get that information? Uh, this is the way I'm going to ask. It's weird, but can I get that information from Google? Or does Google get that information from you guys? Do you guys upload there? Do they come to your website? I, I, and I, I don't mean to be a smart ass. I'm just curious, like because it all goes back and touches each other. It's pretty cool. Right, information's a two-way street, and my efforts have always been trying to make everything as public as we can. So on our county website, under my department, we have uh, I bought the server so we could put all sorts of information on, which includes. The cemeteries we're just talking about. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. It, yeah, that is kind of interesting. So, how, do you think there's any more out there? Any more cemeteries out there? Unfortunately, there there probably are. Uh, there was a lot of family type burial that uh, just got lost track of, and occasionally a construction site will find one. And in that oh, case, wow. the state has to intervene and mm -hmm. identify and see if we can figure out who the family was and who the heirs are. And then, <coughs> then who do they get moved? Then uh, that's actually up to whoever is the family. Mm. Uh, typically, the trustee's not going to move them. It's a very expensive process and very intrusive. It's best not to. Uh, do anything with them. Okay. Oh. Yeah, nobody wants to build a house on an Indian burial ground. That's scary. <laughs> I've seen movies. <laughs> reportedly, we have a few of those around here, but I agree with you. Yeah. We, I tell my kids that all the time when they're bad. I'm like, hey, you know that ghost is going to come get you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's uh, just one of the many things we deal with. Uh, one time, uh, John Spinks was a trustee. He asked me for a special map where you've got uh, more school districts than typically the state would allow. So just to demonstrate the number of school districts, we did a map showing all the uh, mascots for each township, and it was kind of neat. Hmm. We published that. That does sound interesting. The uh, real thing I deal with are the civil or public works. And so I deal with uh, the ditches, the drainage, uh, a longtime member of Kankakee River Basin Commission. Now it's changed. I'm still on the advisory board. Uh, I was a charter member of the Lake Michigan uh, Coastal Board. Uh, I'm on Regional Planning Commission where I've served as chairman of environment. Uh, where the engineering background I have in civil engineering deals with a lot of environmental engineering. And also with the uh, transportation policy, or we call it the Technical Policy Committee in NERPC, mm -hmm. that uh, helps apportion the federal and state fundings we get and work with all of our municipalities. NERPC is made of 52 different government units. So wow. Quite a few. It's always interesting because uh, of everybody's interest, mm -hmm. and we try to serve everybody. So now, like um, the bike paths and stuff, the the, the Calumet Trail, you are you a part of that as well? Uh, yes, uh, we started. Well, we've had bike trails for quite a while, but we were very fortunate. We got some uh, funding from. Uh, Dorothy and Gaylord Donnelly Foundation, they came here kind of really impressed with what we were doing environmentally. Mm -hmm. They said, how can we help? And they got more and more involved with some of these projects, but we also were able to hire Open Lens for consulting for doing 
the, the greenways, mm -hmm. the bike, the ped, ped and pedal. Okay, yeah. And yeah. now it's pedal. Okay. Because we expanded that to blueways with canoeing and kayaking, boating. So we have river trails, walking trails, bicycle trails. Hmm. That's kind of interesting. The uh, So, and, and you're on... Plan commission, you're on uh, stormwater. Is there any commission you're not on? Oh, yes. <laughs> Many. But my, my plate's pretty full. So I have a question, and it might be for Greg, because I know he knows history very well. When you talked about, it was Thomas Jefferson that, that uh, put it into place, correct? Correct. And what did he do? Did he say, I want to go uh, mark the country and I want everything in square miles? Or how did this break down and, and turn into what we have today? Well, he gave it a lot of consideration. First of all, uh, as a surveyor, I'm a professional land surveyor and a professional engineer. And we refer to Mount Rushmore as three surveyors and the other guy. Because, <laughs> of course, Lincoln Rushmore is the other guy. Has Lincoln, Washington, <laughs> Jefferson, and Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. And Teddy Roosevelt was the other guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, Lincoln was a surveyor as well. Correct. Oh, I had no idea. That's awesome. Yeah, many of the people uh, in the early colonies who were uh, educated, particularly in the military institutes, uh, were educated in military engineering. So they kind of got a basis of land surveying. And it was a, a very profitable endeavor for many mm -hmm. of them. So there was a lot of interest at the time. So, and Andy, you want to run for president, you got to be a surveyor. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> well, I don't think we've had too many surveyors recently, but it would be wonderful if we had another one. So, what, is that what he was trying to do, though, was break apart the land so it was easier to sell and then identify the parcels, or? Yes, uh, both. What he was, originally, they proposed uh, an eight-mile by eight-mile township, civil township or government township is, today we have civil townships that are different dimensions. But the government townships eventually, as it hit about Tiffin, Ohio, became six mile by six mile. And we followed through the rest of the way uh, to the west, except for the Spanish land grant tracks that were already owned by people in California, Texas, et cetera. Oh. So, so we in Indiana are six mile by six mile townships. Correct. Oh, huh. And I assume at that you guys are not only surveying that, or they were. I'm, I'm sure you're not that old, but um, they were also surveying where the country started and ended, where Canada and the United States met, where their mistakes made. <laughs> oh yes, and we're constantly working on trying to figure that. Actually, even between the states, we have a battle between oh, really? Kentucky and Indiana. Yeah. Uh, where that state line is. So state lines are ultra-sensitive. Uh, we're still working on the one between Indiana and Michigan. <laughs> so, and, Really? Wow. Yeah. Wouldn't expect that. And we're going to go to war with Michigan soon. <laughs> uh, we could take them. We're, we're way stronger. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, just, I know too many people from Ann Arbor. So. <laughs> yeah. I was teasing. Yeah, but they got legalized marijuana. They'll all be high. We'll take them over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give some gummies. <laughs> well, I was born and raised here, so I believe in Indiana. <laughs> we're the greatest. There you go. Don't we know it? <laughs> oh, my God. But I know there's, there's some areas in the country. Andy, the, especially out west north, um, where you go from the United States to Canada back into the United States. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's cool. And, and it's, you know, when, when they mapped out the, the boundary, for some reason they just did it that way, which seems kind of stupid, you know, but it is what that's it is. What it is yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and that's my next question is because now we've got GPS. I assume you'll talk about how you guys do it now. But back then, how would they do it without? I mean, how do you do it anywhere? Do you use the stars in the sky to pinpoint stuff, or flip a coin? <laughs> Partly, we. Did. In fact, when I first started, we had to learn about Polaris and astronomy and do uh, those kind of efforts. Uh, but originally, the surveyors had these what were called chains. They were sixty-six feet long, and there were a hundred links to the chain. So. Mm. It's about 
or point six six feet long for each lane. Wow. And they'd measure those out, and then they'd use a pole and a staff, and they just kind of eyeball the direction. Yeah, in a combination of using their astronomic observations and just go forward. And, and the aliens, movement. the aliens help just like they help build the They're pyramids. Cool. They help draw lines. <laughs> they would have helped. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing they're able to do that and to have the stamina to go across the country to do it. I'm like, ah, I don't know about this. <laughs> well, they got a different technology than we do, so. <laughs> but but today with GPS, uh, right now we're uh, engaged as a county. We've uh, done, I think, the most chairs in the state for our network. Uh, about 25 years ago, I did a three by three mile network for Porter County when it was doing digital ortho or very high precision aerial photography hmm. with the idea that one day we'd do topography to match it, and we did. So we have the underlying basis for that. Now, the nation has to start adjusting for, uh, in what we call the Opus 2022. It's about two years too late, <laughs> but they're still working on uh, improving the position of points throughout the continental United States hmm. and relatively simultaneous observations. I did 244 shares of uh, National Geodetic Survey monuments and our own monuments in order to help uh, our industry, our <clears throat> transportation networks, and making sure everything connects as best it can. Hmm. And then at the same time, we recognize that there's plates that are drifting in the earth, and we're kind of moving back and forth. Hmm. Oh, wow. And assume we're always in the same place. Hmm. We've inserted uh, from the standpoint of doing the, the surveying and the, the geography, what are called vectors for that movement. <clears throat> now, isn't the, the cause of the movements Godzilla under the earth trying to get out? Could be. Yeah, same, so <laughs> You never know. <laughs> so are you guys still using, because I've seen markers that are cement things in the ground, they look like a pillar. Uh, is that still what you guys use, or is it being upgraded to something that's electronic or, or touchable with a... A smartphone or something? <laughs> we, we do use a number of things, and we do have tags that we could uh, RFID. That's what I was trying to say. ID. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, underground utilities use those quite a bit anymore, so you can get all that information just by uh, holding a reader over the spot. Hmm. In our case, most of the monuments don't have that. Uh, I'm just hopeful <laughs> that they have uh, magnets planted with them. So we can detect them with our metal detectors. Surveyors almost exclusively use metal detectors that detect ferrous material because that way we have the write-off and the metal detectors we use are in excess of a thousand dollars. Wow. Whereas well, people, the, we, we don't the council out. actually let you buy those things, huh? <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we don't go out and look for <laughs> silver or gold with them and they're a very necessary part of it. But but could we? <laughs> yeah. Because well, <laughs> our option is we can stop and dig a hole about 8 foot by 10 feet mm -hmm. by 6 feet deep, or we use this metal detector and we can pinpoint <laughs> those things to about 6 feet. Oh. So we can narrow down our intrusion on the middle of your road, for example. Huh. Well, Andy's got 12 kids, and he's got a, a big black SUV that gets 3 miles a gallon, oh. but it's got a nice pink stripe on it. So he might he might want to borrow one of your uh, metal detectors to uh, make a little extra money. Well, Aiden has one. My son has one, and not a thousand dollar one. I think we're going to go try to find things. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you, hot pink is the surveyor's color. <laughs> so you see hot pink ribbons out. That's typically a land surveyor at work. Well, there you go, Andy. You're oh, all set. <clears throat> that's interesting because we actually just had our property surveyed at the. Uh, the trucking company I work at, and there was pink ribbons on each corner, and I was wondering if peak was just to stand out. I didn't realize it was to mark the surveyor spot. Yeah, that was the color we were given by the utilities. <laughs> so, uh, water company, of course, has blue, and uh, wastewater, I think it's green, hmm. etc. And then the, the royals have purple. There you go. 
<laughs> Copy blue. <laughs> well, I think, uh, you know, one of the questions I had from one of my friends, Greg, uh, a few probably about a year ago, he's, he was having some problems with his neighbor and wanted to know where his property line was. And so I called Kevin and the surveyor's office. I said, hey, do you guys go out and survey this kind of thing? And I think it's important to bring that up on the show because, I mean, I thought they did, but that's not what they actually do. They don't survey actual, I mean, they do if they have to for the county, but they don't just come out because you called them to survey. You actually have to hire a surveyor to do that kind of work. That is correct. Uh, I believe it's unethical. Um, that's just my decision yeah, not yeah. to practice privately because eventually I'm seeing the same people in front of me in the various boards that Greg just mentioned <laughs> and making uh -huh. decisions that impact yeah. uh, their pocketbooks. And I can't see how in good faith I can be representing the people if I'm also doing private land surveying. However, uh, there are many good uh, private land surveyors around and there's no concern the other issue I have since I was born and raised here I uh, believe we really need to set the tone and example for the, the, the people that yeah are thank out you here because I, I think we have good upright citizens and, uh, Have you met Andy Bozak? Politicians. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he hates me already. That's why he's here. <laughs> see, see, Kevin, what you didn't know is Andy was actually that was he who he was talking about with his neighbor. Uh, he <laughs> no, wasn't it wasn't. a friend of his. It was him. <laughs> yeah, it's all about some tree and some fence line and. Uh, I, I don't know. Somebody, somebody drove on somebody's property. Something. Yeah, none of that happened. Get out of here. <laughs> I, I think Andy was in school with one of my nephews. Who? So. Uh, Jeb. Yeah. Oh no way! I didn't know you. Yes, I graduated with him. Great guy. They're, they're all great oh. guys. They're my kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. His brothers Shane and Webb and Wade and Oh, Shane, as well as Jeb. That's awesome! Oh, great family. I didn't. I honestly didn't put two and two together, and I should have because it's not a very common name, you know, last name. So that's awesome. Please tell him I said hi. And, and my brother looks like me, so. Well, it's just like Poor when guy. you want to buy a car, just call Andy. <laughs> Poor guy. Wrong <laughs> Bosa. I still yeah, remember Bozak. the console when I had the paperwork for a car from Bosa, yeah. and I saw the expression. I says, "Andy spells his name differently." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't have that money. <laughs> <laughs> With all those kids you have, you need that money, though. Oh goodness! <laughs> yeah. He's got a baseball team. That's, he's That's got good a for him. Team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I love kids. He's got a basketball game. He can play five on yeah, five. So there you go. Have a couple subs. <laughs> yeah, but like we started the show, I'm not athletic enough to play them. <laughs> you know, I, I no, I'm teasing a former coach. I'd find somebody, a young kid, to substitute for me for the physical <laughs> and, and there's nothing better than to get, you know, 13, 14-year-old young guys motivated than to have a 17 or 18-year-old girl play against them and beat them. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I can see that. That's awesome. yeah. And he gets beat by a girl all the time. It's kind of amazing. He won't say it, but I can. Well, we know it's true. I'm married. I have to live that life. <laughs> Oh my gosh! So, Kevin, what else do surveyors do that that the general public would have no idea? Well, one of the things that kind of surprised me is I verify location of properties for the Alcohol and Tobacco Commission. So I do about forty verifications for you. Okay, explain time. explain that. Uh, yeah, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> well, let's say if you have a bar and serve liquor. Or okay, let's say the Franklin House. Uh, everyone knows right. that. Okay, so I buy the Franklin House, now what? Then there are some certifications you need for the Alcohol Tobacco uh, Commission mm -hmm. that include one that I verify that that's actually the address. So you're, you okay, but, but not the property line, just the address? No, just the address. Okay. And the property referred to all falls within that address. Hmm. Because one of the beauties of doing the, the survey information is we're based on legal description, not address. So we kind of keep everything straight 
unfortunately addresses can get flipped around and become confusing. So, okay. This I know is that life. <laughs> <laughs> My house was built at 258. And it ended up being the, the uh, USPS wouldn't deliver here because my address was actually 259. So for the first year, I couldn't get mail. It was a huge pain. You're 100% right. I feel for you. We, we went through a lot of things when I first got with the county and the realization that we had so many addressing issues. And partly it's because so many entities involved between 911, the post office, oh, yeah. and the planning departments of our municipalities and county they each had a say in what the address was huh and then we'd still have homeowners that still want to do their own thing but uh, <laughs> in the end if the well, post office doesn't deliver and 911 doesn't show up <laughs> yeah yeah that could be a problem well andy yeah. that's weird though when you went from an even number to an odd number or an odd number from an even number you would think they would know that right yeah. because that's kind of how the roads are laid out. I, it was very odd because they actually had to chisel the brick out of that said 258 uh, oh. right after I moved in. I, I had trouble closing on the house, as a matter of fact, oh. because of that I had to delay it. So, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And hmm. so it's interesting that, that you guys refer to them by those 32-digit numbers with dots in the middle. Parcel <laughs> <laughs> IDs or whatever you call them. Well, we refer to them as those, but I also use the legal description, which is typically uh, either a lot and block and a subdivision, or okay. meets and bounds, which is a distance and a bearing or direction. Hmm. So oh. that's where we can figure out where everything's at and have very specific lines. The parcel identifiers kind of help inventory. Hmm. In fact, one of the big impetuses to doing mapping, the GIS mapping, was to do the inventory so we knew what we had out there and who owned it and you know what kind of taxes to expect you know okay well here's one for you okay let's say i'm gonna buy a house and for some reason somebody surveyor comes out and i don't agree with it or something's wrong do you then ever go out and double check for the county to make sure that... Ooh, the appeal process. I like that, Greg. <laughs> no, we, we don't do that. That's a judicial privilege. Oh. The judges jealously guard the right to tell you what you own. So really? basically are the expert wit are experts and the expert witnesses for the courts. Mm -hmm. But the judge doesn't have to agree with us. Huh. The judge can use his own you know, determination. And often what's best is that people could come to terms and acquiesce to a line and then ask the surveyors to intervene and write a recorded document and drawing mm. that will perpetuate what that agreed line was. So then when you do that, then do you go to Chuck Harris's office and record it? Or is that a... It's a private landowner. Oh, is it? Okay. Huh. So, wow. That's kind of crazy how... Uh, how a judge can set it. How often have you ever been called into a courtroom to verify a boundary? Not as county surveyor, but uh, huh. in my previous life. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of crazy. So when you, when you talk about GIS, we hear about it all the time. I know all these departments use it. I know what it is. I know what it looks like. It's very cool. But can you kind of explain to the general public what, what is GIS and what what can they get? What kind of information can they get there? Because I've used it and I know it's very helpful. GIS actually started off a long time ago. Um, I was at the time uh, involved with the American uh, Cartography Society. Uh, that's kind of an offshoot of our American Congress of Surveying and Mapping, which many of us professional surveyors belonged to years ago. The initial effort was called AMFM which was very confusing for the public because for us... Sounds was, like a radio station. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it stood for Automated Mapping and Facility Management. And what was the automated? You walked? <laughs> <laughs> it was a drawing. Oh, okay. Uh, often it was just the picture, but we were starting to use computers and uh, uh, create the, the drawings that would tell us where the pipelines were or the uh, utility, sanitary sewer, water lines. You know, all this underground stuff was impossible to find 
until we started to hmm. get more involved with that. But on the other hand, the GIS was kind of an offshoot of AMFM, which is Geographic Information Systems. Hmm. And there was a, kind of a push to create the degree program for that. The GIS people are not surveyors, they're not geographers. They basically use a very specialized program that... They're more like computer programmers or something, huh? Uh, not even computer programmers. Some of them are, and some of them are all those other things, but most of them are just educated on how to use a program. Oh. Because, fortunately, we don't have to program. Like when I was in school and for like the first 20 years of my career, many of us would have to rewrite <coughs> programs that were in the can because they just didn't work for us. Wow. wow. But they got so improved by, I would say, by the, the late 80s, early 90s that, uh, in fact, I told the Dean of Engineering at Valpo when we had lunch uh, that I didn't think it was necessary to be teaching civil and mechanical engineers programming anymore to the, the level that we were, we were learning mm -hmm. like four or five languages. They wow. Already, yeah. you, you know, there, and uh, most of the companies made it impossible to change it. They had locked them down so tight, uh -huh. copyrighted them, and threatened us if we messed around with their program. Wow. Well, but uh, we, we've come a long way. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember computers when I was in college. It was you know, basic Pascal and all these others, and it was like loop twos and go twos and and then wow, too basic, man. I remember learning that. That was it was cool. Yeah, now nobody why you just turn on a computer and go. <laughs> Precursor of basic was COBOL. COBOL, that's and right. Fortran. <laughs> oh my God, Fortran, that's right. And oh we had to God. punch a stack of cards. Mm -hmm. And we only got so many times we could use the computer because it was so valuable. <laughs> you With your dot matrix you printer? <laughs> it wasn't, we didn't even have dot matrix. Oh. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was something really goofy. But yeah, we, it's crazy, crazy stuff, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, so, how long have you been the surveyor? I'm sorry, Greg, I didn't no, mean to cut you off. I was off. just going to give a station identifier, but no big deal. Oh, please, please do. Let's do that first. <laughs> right. I apologize. This is WVLP 103.1 FM, Porter County Buzz. Uh, you're listening to Greg Sims and Andy Bozek, and our guest extraordinaire, our surveyor extraordinaire, is Kevin Breitsky from uh, the Porter County uh, office, Porter <laughs> County Surveyors the elected, the elected elected surveyor. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. And, and, and Andy had asked a question before the identifier was the, uh, how long have you been? Well, first of all, why did you want to run for surveyor? Just wake up one yeah. day and go, I'm going to run for office. What should I do? I'll be a surveyor. Well, I was already a professional land surveyor and a professional engineer. And it was an opportunity to use my knowledge, my experience to improve many things for the benefit of the county at large. Now, before you ran then, was there a surveyor that was not doing a good job or was it open and you thought, hey, here's a shot? No. He caucused in. <laughs> Did you no. caucus in? Because no. <laughs> Andy and I, that's how we, well, we, we got in different positions, caucused in. But that's something yeah. we always ask, yeah. And my predecessor basically had a private business and had a lot of the conflicts that I talked about. Oh. And he, he was a good surveyor, but uh, we had a different opinion about uh, the ethics. Elected and surveyors. <laughs> Uh, uh, so, so you ran against him then? He's a good guy to this day. Uh, unfortunately, we lost him oh. uh, a few years ago, about five years ago. But, uh, but was it a primary? Was it a general? No, it was general. General. Okay. Wow. So, what was your? Uh, <laughs> I, you know, running for council, you know, you have an idea about where do you want to see the direction of things and. Yeah. What do you say when you get in front of somebody and say, I want to be a surveyor because, and I know you said some of those things, but I don't know, did you, did you say because you want to, I don't know, professionalize it or? Yes, uh, not only professionalize it, but actually give better service to the oh. citizens, 
improve our quality of life here. How fact, does drawing a line improve a quality of life? <laughs> <laughs> well, we do much more than draw lines. Okay. But we wow. My goodness. <laughs> He's kicking me under the table right now. Yeah, it's your neighbor. He's like, what the heck? We, we've done this for years. <laughs> it's a good metaphor for severe. Draw a line in the sand. <laughs> but but it, overall, it was more about the quality of life. Uh, we were really putting in a lot of development without much guidance. Oh, okay. When I first started, and as a professional, uh, it struck me that uh, we weren't really compelled to do more on drainage and road design. Uh, the overall civic patterns, you know, those considerations really weren't part of uh, the county mm -hmm. book at that time. Mm -hmm. In fact, we have probably about a half a page in the planning ordinance pertaining to stormwater. Oh. And uh, even then, a lot of the guys really weren't designing to what those requirements were as simple as they were and mm -hmm. as threadbare as they were. The um, county highway engineer, who was a fellow Valparaiso University graduate at the time, had actually developed about a 50-page set of standards and specifications, an additional manual. Uh, he had done a fairly good job, but uh, constantly at odds with the uh, developers and their engineers, architects and surveyors. So mm. it was an opportunity to improve that, to participate in things. As, uh, even the things that I believed in, you know, erosion control. Uh, we had an issue. Well. I should start from the beginning. We are in the process of doing a comprehensive plan for the county. And unfortunately, uh, there are a lot of people that didn't want to introduce any new ordinances. No. Though there's all sorts of development. It's always been done this nice. way. Why do you need to change it? What's the matter with you? Exactly. You young whippersnapper. Well, but we saw things coming down the line, mm -hmm. whether it had to do with landfills. Uh, personally, I saw issues with sexually oriented businesses. Uh, erosion control is what I already mentioned, stormwater management. So we put together a whole list of ordinances mm -hmm. to improve the overall uh, quality of land, air, mm. and water. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So now, so did you answer my question? How long have you been the surveyor? <laughs> Since. 27 years since 1997. I Are you kidding? I in 96. Wow. Wow. The surveyors, wow. because uh, I can only imagine we're a little bit rarer than most elected offices. We were created by the amendment uh, to the Constitution in 1852. So the surveyor is a constitutional office. Hmm. And the suspenders, because uh, I see you're not wearing your suspenders today, isn't that a violation of the uh, surveyor's code? <laughs> he's he's going to lose you next to No, I'm joking. <laughs> it's a joke. Didn't mean it. Didn't mean it. The, the, the overweight surveyor and his suspenders are <laughs> not there yet. I'll be there one day, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to wear chains that are how long? <laughs> but uh, that's pretty much where we're, we're in is four-year terms, elections every four years. Now, do you find it odd that there's no term limit for a surveyor? No, uh, because of the nature of the Constitution, uh, it's a specialty type of occupation. And I think the founding fathers wanted to avoid the issues of having less qualified people do hmm. that kind of work. So do you have to be certified or can I run? Could I decide? I mean, I'm not going well, to. I'm, anybody can run for the public office. And we have many people in the state, probably about half the surveyors, who are not uh, registered in any way. Oh, wow. Typically, the smaller counties where they just need somebody that... Uh, 
basically deals more with drainage. Uh, often it's somebody who's uh, kind of pushed by the uh, Soil and Water Conservation District or hmm. uh, somebody who's got other agendas, I guess. <laughs> Just, yeah. But it is, it's a public office and uh, the requirements are that you have to be a resident of the county. No. Oh. Okay. And you have to be uh, a voter. So. Well, that's kind well, of. Well, Greg mentioned you got to have suspenders too. He said that. He said it. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> it's part of the dress code. <laughs> well, I, I do have construction suspenders <laughs> at, at home for my tool belt, but I don't wear those out in the field here either. So. <laughs> well, Kevin, I want to thank you because I mean, for twenty-seven years, you've you've done a great job from everything I could tell at this, you know, Thank you. Uh, I, I mean, I don't hear a lot of people complaining their lines are mismarked or anything. Well, and what's important here is I think the, the citizenry of Porter County. I was born and raised here. I'm fourth generation. So it's uh, just important. I, although my son doesn't live here, I'm always hoping that he'll move back here one day. <laughs> What part of uh, Porter County are you from? You're South, South, South County or North? Or? No, I, I was born and raised here in Valparaiso. Oh, uh, okay. My grandfather had a dairy down or up on Burdick Road. And my great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather, was a farmer in Liberty Township. His name was William Babcock and Babcock Road, wow. et cetera. Hmm. So, oh, are you kidding? Wow, that's awesome. And my, my other grandfather... Uh, Raised his family around here, and my great grandfather was actually uh, great grandfather Brightsky is buried in Salem Cemetery. He had a large farm in Morgan Township. Oh, there's a Salem Cemetery is called in Morgan. No, it's just on the county line, uh, across from Morgan. So it's in Laporte County. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. The other single church. <laughs> I, you know what? I bet I've seen it. I. Uh... I was at a guy's house. Uh, one of our reporters had something I had to pick up, and he across the street from him was this cemetery, and he lived on the Laporte side of the county line. Could be. And 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 that being said, I was in uh, the weirdest thing. I, I I bought a Model T, and I went to this guy who was going to show me how to drive this thing, and he lives in um, Plymouth, mm -hmm. and right down the road from him is a cemetery from eighteen. 26 i'm going holy cow that's a that's old <laughs> well, we yeah that's what 50 years after the country's founded right yeah, there crazy. that's crazy so what what is our oldest cemetery in porter county do we have i mean is there such a thing as our oldest i don't know who what the oldest is but i can tell you that goss's cemetery which is just east of 149 south of uh, 900 north has a Revolutionary War soldier buried in it. Wow. And, uh, wow. That's cool. His son-in-law was an officer of War of 1812. Wow. And there was a mill as part of Salt Creek, but Gossett Mill was owned by the family. And there just happened to be, you know, they've got their burial, and mostly the family burial ground, but uh, on the other side of that, reportedly there's a... Uh, mass grave of Indians who passed away with disease. But they're not marked? Not marked. Is there, I mean, so is that something, because you do cemetery stuff, is that something that down the road you're going to, I mean, is, is it just vacant property right now? No, what is, it's owned by people. I always have to remind people nothing's vacant out there. It's, yeah. it's all owned by somebody. It's private property. Gossett actually uh, does not have a public entrance to it. Oh. The owners allow the public officials to get back to it. Oh. And uh, by appointment, family members can get back to it. But uh, Wow, that's kind of crazy. That's something I've worked with a couple uh, cemeteries to get access. Yeah, like a right-of-way or a easement, well, perhaps. In a couple cases, I knew the developer and or their engineer and asked mm -hmm. them just to create a easement back mm -hmm. I'd, I'd write the easement for me but just to make sure that there was a way that the trustees and uh, the families could get back to 
yeah. visit their loved ones or well even seeing that that grave site of a revolutionary war veterans that'd be pretty cool just to see it it's pretty nondescript honestly but wow it's it's kind of neat that we do have yeah you know, somebody from those the, kind of people. the revolution holy cow yeah that and then they said the war of 1812 and a son on the war of 1812 mm-hmm. wow that's wild. Yeah. See, Andy was going to, well, see, and, and Andy, you know, I, I know to save money, you wanted to be buried in your backyard, but I'm not sure if that's allowed. I'm just going to do it, Greg. Who's going to stop me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I had um, a friend from high school who, who it was, uh, I think. I dispute that. You had a friend? Well, it was one. It was one. Okay. No. <laughs> but he was one of, I believe, eight or nine kids. And when he lost his dad, they were a really, really tight-knit family. And when they lost their dad, they actually built the coffin for him or whatever, you know, the co- yeah, it was coffin. And they actually went out into wherever they buried him and, and dug the hole and did it all. It was a ceremony. And I just thought that was pretty interesting and uh, kind of a neat way to do it. I don't think I could do that. Is it legal? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'm sure they did it. I don't know where they did it. You know, I'm sure they did it with Jim. Like ashes. Theoretically, you can't You're not supposed to the yeah. lakes and spread ashes, but somehow it gets done every day. Yeah. People yeah, talk about a yeah. Viking funeral, just, you know, get into a, a wooden boat and roll out in the water, well not roll out, get pushed, and then have a burning arrow just light you up. Yeah, <laughs> Viking funeral. Yeah. yeah. My luck, my kids would miss the boat and my body would just be sailing the ocean for years. <laughs> Shark bait. <laughs> well, you could always go over Niagara Falls, you know, kind of yeah. do it that way. Yeah, go big or go home, that's what they say. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's crazy. So, uh, so Kevin, what's the craziest thing that happened to you or that you saw you came across as a surveyor, like a, a haunting, uh, a weird, like, get off my property, and uh, it was Jed Clampett, you know, from the Hillbillies? <laughs> well, not as county surveyor, but there are times as a private land surveyor that I was in places that I probably shouldn't have been oh, yeah. and typically uh, along the Kikiki River or places south and you heard a banjo play and you're like something's no, weird here unfortunately I didn't even get that warning <laughs> <laughs> I did have one incident here in Valparaiso but that was when I was doing private land surveying where uh, just off of 30 there was a uh, property that we were doing for uh, one of our probably better healed citizens. He owned a lot of property mm-hmm. and I'm walking along and this guy who was about six six in overalls just kind of walked up behind me. I didn't hear him and he's wearing a pistol and a knife with a sheep. He said, son, what are you doing here? <laughs> And pretty much had to say whatever you want me to do. <laughs> <laughs> what wow. you want. And I wow. finally uh, said something. I said, that's an interesting use for a container. He had a big metal container for garbage, supposedly. He had a hog in it. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, so so, so we you, had a nice conversation after that because he yeah. told me how he's going to prepare his and, and you walked away with 10 pounds of bacon. <laughs> no, no. I walked away with, with all my body parts. <laughs> so what was the what, what was the guy like? Was it a property line of his and he was disputing no. it or was it? In this case, we were just doing something for the, the landowner mm-hmm. because he was going to sell it to another party. And But this guy was like the next door neighbor or no, something? No, he, he was the tenant. Oh! <laughs> and I had no idea who was there. Oh, okay. The, the uh, owner failed to mention. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, by the way, if you see this big old tall drink of water with a gun and a knife, don't worry about him. He's harmless. Up around the lakes of Alpo one time, another guy and I, this is back in the uh, 70s, late 70s, we came across tarps, and this is up around Long Lake, that area, and it had tarps with marijuana drying on it. Oh. And I looked at the guy I was with, and I says, you know, in a real loud voice, it's time to go get lunch. 
George says, yeah, I agree. So <laughs> on our way back, he says, well, how long do you think it'll take lunch at the top of our voice? Oh, about an hour and a half. <laughs> so we, we came back in two and a half hours and everything was gone. There was not a sprig or... <laughs> <laughs> oh darn it! That that was a close call. <laughs> yeah. no, See, I, that that guy's just smiling, his eyes half closed. <laughs> I, I was just happy to be out of there. Here again. Oh yeah! Uh, wow. Motorcycle clubs used to be along the Kankakee as well, and some of the properties we worked there. Um, hmm. They they were basically squatters. Oh wow! <laughs> so, so as long as they knew we weren't out there to kick them off the yeah, property yeah. or report them, they were pretty decent. <laughs> wow. <coughs> yes. So when's your next election? When when do you run again? Next year. Oh, it is oh, now. Okay. You'll be running with me if I decide to run. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, you're going to decide not to run. I know. It's too fun. <laughs> but I bet you're you're not going to have as cool signs as Kevin does. He has uh, stakes, the, um, the little sticks. With bright ski on it, with a pink—I think you have pink ribbon on it yeah, too, don't you? Sure. Yeah. Oh, that's so, cool. See, so now next time you see them, you know what they are. Yeah, we have all sorts of different kinds of signs, <laughs> gimmicks, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, this guy's obviously the guy I need to talk to. I mean, he's been running a successful campaign countywide, which is huge, for twenty-seven years or twenty-some years, however many years. Yeah, that's awesome. You're probably the longest elected Democrat in Porter County. Could be. Right. Actually, uh, I mean, how are you now? Mayor not? Butterfield was in for over 28 years. Well, no, but I mean, currently, you're you've surpassed everybody. Well, I don't know how many of us Democrats there are left. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's and, true. And they're all good people, you know. I, I come from a family of Republicans. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, but, but you know, and, and, and we've, we've talked about this before, you know, it, it's really, in, in a sense, political parties, you know, you're doing the right thing for the county. In a lot of ways, politics, you know, Republican-Democrat means absolutely nothing in regards to what's doing the right thing, what's helping the people, moving the country. Yeah, I just want to know the lines are straight. I don't yeah. care what party you're yeah. from. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah, does, yeah what, what is a Republican influence on, our, on a surveyor than a Democrat yeah. influence? You know, it's like, here's a line. <laughs> or, or does one lean slightly to the left and one lean slightly to the right? Ooh! <laughs> I'm right down the middle. <laughs> Kevin's always down. Yeah. But That's I awesome. Everybody, because I'm talking to, ele to elected officials, I don't think the public appreciates the fact that when you guys run, I tell people all the time, it's the longest, hardest, most expensive job interview anybody can <laughs> yeah. That's a great yeah. way to look at it. I never thought of it that way, but yeah. you're right. It really we is. All, we all love doing what we do, yeah. and I believe it's for the service to other people. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're in it for the right reasons, absolutely. You know, and Yeah, if you're running to get rich, you're not running for a county office. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in my case. Uh, <laughs> That's right, because yeah, you make less money than a than a regular surveyor or a uh, what do you want a private surveyor? I guess is the right wording. Or make a lot less than yeah. I've been offered. Yeah, yeah, on the yeah. private side, yeah. a lot less. <laughs> but that's to me, yeah. that's not the issue. It's really the opportunity to to serve. Well, and and you'd said you you originally ran because you. You saw some issues with the the office, and you wanted to make a difference. You wanted to change them, and sounds like you did, and you do, and and the people are obviously giving you the thumbs up, reelecting you all these times, you know. So, yeah. And, and I think that's the biggest lesson. We always have to be listening, watching, and mm -hmm. be receptive to change mm -hmm. because it's close to things are as perfect sometimes. They can always be better. And oh, we sure. can always be helping more people. Right. We can't lose sight of that. We we'll always strive for perfection, and, and we'll never get there, but we always try to get there. Speak for yourself. <laughs> ah! 
I, I, I There's always room for improvement. That's what I teach my kids. You're never the best at anything. There's always room to be better. Well, in, in my family, we say, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, so Kevin, do you see any uh, changes in the future? Like, uh, where are things headed? Uh, it, it, do you see, I mean, down the road, is technology or things? I mean, do you see the surveyor's office changing at all in the future? Or? Guaranteed. I started out in electrical engineering, like some of my family at Belleville. Mm -hmm. I just said, boy, that field was changing so fast in the... Uh, 70s mm -hmm. when I was at Belleville U. I changed over to civil engineering and sure enough civil engineering changed just as fast. <laughs> we, we were transit and tape which was that instrument that we'd look through people asked what we were taking pictures of. Mm -hmm. We literally went through a couple iterations of electronic development where we oh. were doing distance measuring. Mm -hmm with mirrors reflecting the light back, oh, wow. rather than having to take a tape all the way down the road and walk a couple miles, we could shoot a mile at a time wow. and get really accurate as a result. Then we had a total station, which was a combination of getting the angles and feeding all the information into an electronic data book. Hmm. And, uh, Couldn't do that if the world wasn't flat. Just throwing that out there. There you go. The world is flat, isn't it? <laughs> I'm joking. Well, we it's not. Uh, and of course, now we're in GPS. And with GPS, uh, global positioning satellites, uh, I brokered a deal uh, before the state uh, did its network. I tried to work with the state, but they were already on their own plan. So I went ahead and uh, worked with a, a company out of Indianapolis, got what I believed was the best uh, equipment of the day, mm -hmm. was Tremble navigation equipment. Mm. And uh, we split the cost of uh, putting a base station in. So wow. I, I didn't have to set up a separate uh, base. Every time we took measurements, we could just do it from, you know, the base from the office, and then we put what oh. are called rovers out, and that expedited all of our measurement. Kind of like Grinch time, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but, but the base station itself, I uh, paid $10,000 for the $20,000 base, and they gave me back licenses to use their network, which were about uh, $1,500 a piece. I mm. got three of them. Okay. I haggled upward, you know, we're in the region, we got to haggle. Sure. <laughs> and uh, have been using that since I think 2005. Oh. Bought a couple new bases, uh, was able to trade in one base uh, and mm -hmm. kind of have half the investment. But the last one, uh, they no longer could play that way. But still, we had a good deal. I still have the licenses. <coughs> wow. And, uh, Life is I've good. Shared, I've yeah. shared the license with some other departments. Oh, so good. I had three, uh, let another department use one. So we've seen an overall yeah. savings. Good. That yeah. nobody else would really see. It's hard yeah. to explain. Yeah. <laughs> no, we well, get it. And, and we've got about, well, about a minute and 15 seconds left. So is there any shout-outs you want to give anybody? Any last-minute uh, whatevers? And Just thank my family for supporting <laughs> me through this endeavor. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. The public service. Uh, yeah. My wife, Karen, and my son, Alex, who also happens to be a professional engineer. He's a structural engineer. Got his master's, and he's working on Denver these days. Denver, for some reason, I want to say Oregon, but I knew it was somewhere west. Yeah, Denver. Well, he works cool. through all the states out west, wow. but uh, he works for a very large company. Oh, cool. Very proud of him. So he's making money. So he's, hey, he's making so. money you didn't, so he's your retirement. Well, we always <laughs> tell our kids to make enough money so we can live comfortably. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't think that works. Yeah. <laughs> No problem, but uh, Andy, we got about twenty seconds left. Anything else from you? No, thank you guys. Thanks, Kevin, for joining us. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, this is 
WVLP 103.1 FM, Porter County Buzz, and uh, we will see you guys next week. So uh, take care. Good night. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you.